Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is AJ Brown and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and this will be the week 14 um, main slate breakdown and walkthrough. Sorry for missing it last week. I had some technical, I was. I tried to do it from on the road. I was down in South Texas at Deer Camp, and I couldn't get the computer um up and running with suitable internet to do the live stream. So sorry if you, sorry if you missed that, you can go to the ticket window and get your money back. <laughs> if you're, if you're tilted, we were, there was a dude last week because of all this stuff. And because the, um, because the, the Ravens game got pushed back to what, what Wednesday or something, third, whatever it was last week to where the tools were a day late all coming out. And this, this dude, <laughs> this dude emailed us, and said he was gonna said he was gonna take legal action because the, the DFS cheat sheets weren't up until Saturday as opposed to Friday night. So shout out to that guy. Uh, but in, anyway, thirteen game slate this week. I'm still working through a lot of it, so we'll, we'll talk it out as we go through. Um, but just the two extra games, kind of interesting thing I noticed is that we're still, as of right now, as I'm recording this at nearly three p.m. Central on Saturday, we still don't have props from any sports book on the Detroit Green Bay game or on the Denver Carolina game. And for the Denver Carolina game, I think maybe that has to do with some of the COVID stuff, but it feels like that's pretty much been handled on the Carolina side. We'll talk about that on the Detroit Green Bay side. I can't figure out what it, what it is that they would, I, I, I don't understand what they're, what, what they would be waiting on. So um, maybe I don't know. DeAndre Swift's status. It feels like it's pretty clear what's going on with him and Galladay. Regardless, we'll get to all that. We'll, we'll try and fire through these games a little quicker than usual since there are 13. Oh, and a quick reminder, man, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, if you could please click to the, that you like it and write a good or just like leave a comment, share, subscribe, just fucking hit some buttons down there. And then um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, let's let's see if we can get like 10 reviews from this podcast this week. And then I'll do it again next week for week 15 and moving on. But I won't do a week 15 podcast on here on the free feed unless I get 10 new reviews. So you can review it however you want. Say Alex sucks, whatever. But I need 10 new reviews and I'll do this again in week 15. All right. Um, 
Houston at Chicago. This game has a uh, has a forty six point total. Uh, Houston's one and a half point favorites after opening up as a pick'em. We have fifty five percent of the tickets as of right now on Houston, along with fifty four percent of the money. Sixty seven percent of the tickets are on the over. 86% of the money is on the over. So it looks like there's going to be some sharp action here on the over. Um, where to start? So Brandon Cooks is questionable. It seems like he's going to go. Not the best matchup, of course, going against the Bears. I should have pulled the I should have pulled the matchup tool up before I started. But as usual, I just I if I don't just click start and go, I keep putting it off. So sometimes I just Click it and say, you know, let the chips fall where they may here. It's uh, Houston. This is number 26 matchup on the week for opposing uh, wide receivers. But, you know, we did see Kiki QT walk into the big role last week. He gets a big hike in price this week. I think Brandon Cooks would be fine to go back to if you wanted to. No David Johnson in this game. He's out with a personal matter. So I've heard, you know, I was on the stream with Cardi and Chief Justice earlier at Roto Grinders. Those guys are on Duke Johnson. I'm simply not on Duke Johnson. I mean, this is the number 27 matchup for opposing running backs. There are only six worst matchups on this whole entire week. All we've seen from Duke Johnson, I mean, he had the one decent game on Thanksgiving, but even when he had volume, whenever David Johnson was out, he's not looked good as a Houston Texan. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, I've never been one of these guys that says Duke Johnson has the size to be a feature back and he has the, you know, the underlying athletic traits and all this stuff. There are a lot of those people out there and I can understand why they said it. But what I always say is that, you know, through what, three different coaching staffs or I guess how many when he was in Cleveland? So through, through, no, through four different coaching staffs, if you consider post Bill O'Brien as one of them, nobody is ever, nobody is ever, no, no, maybe five. If you consider post post O'Brien, I'd have to go back and look, but you were um, either four or five. You, you, nobody's ever committed to Duke Johnson. Nobody, he's, he's never, nobody's ever seen him as a feature back. And, you know, this could be a spot where just because, you know, they are lacking in the passing game, they do, they do have weapons out. No David Johnson. You know, if he gets 80% of touches, I, mean, I can kind of see it for 4,800. It's just on a week like this where we have 13 games, so many guys in smash spots. It, it's one of these, it's one of these weeks that I was talking earlier. It feels like a FOMO week to me, like a fear of missing out. I have a big fear of missing out on too many of these guys, and I can't afford to play everybody that I'm scared of fading. I can't play Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams and uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, you know some of these other guys that will that will you know Tyreek Hill or Keenan Allen or um, you know some of the other guys at the very top of the wide receivers. Um, you just you you can't afford to do it, and so people are going to be looking for savings and. I think that people are going to be paying down at running back because that's where the three options that are available to sort of pay down at, you know, we're going to talk about Gio Bernard. We'll talk about Duke Johnson. We'll talk about JD McKissick. I have a clear favorite out of those guys that I like most, but Duke Johnson's in play. I'll bet you he's going to be 15, 15 or so percent owned. So it was just, that's something that we need to touch on here. Um, And then for Chicago, and I I mean, it's, do you really want to play Deshaun Watson against a defense that can actually get decent, decent, pressure um i know he's been awesome he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league i get it but he's down his biggest weapon in dj Moore. the run games i'm not dj Moore. he's down his biggest weapon in will fuller uh, the run game should be throttled to some degree just due to the matchups it's bad it's a bad matchup to begin with he can give up sacks 
I'm just I'm 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 not into it. Then for Chicago, it's a different story. It's it's kind of Chicago is a good matchup for uh, you know. I, it's good basically across the board here. So Chicago is the number eight matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number two matchup for opposing running backs, number six matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number 15 matchup for opposing tight ends. So we'll go through them. Mitchell Trubisky is probably in play. He's probably fine. You just wonder if on a week like this with guys like Aaron Rodgers on the slate with Mahomes on the slate, Justin Herbert in a good spot, you know, you wonder if those guys could kind of bury you, uh, they, they could, but, you know, if you get 20, 22-something points out of Trubisky, you're probably you're probably good there. Let's just see. I just got an alert from the Fantasy Life app. I want to make sure it's not anything. Um, so the Dolphins have elevated tight end Chris Mariak and D, defensive end Tyson Rendler from the COVID-19 replacements for Sunday's game. They've also elevated running back Elijah McGuire and placed Miles Gaskin on the reserve COVID list. So no Gaskin. So that takes away one of these 5K running backs who's actually a little bit cheaper on FanDuel, and he was actually popping in our model. So I will have to get that updated as soon as I get off the podcast. Basically, no Miles Gaskin. That's the news. And that's the Fantasy Life app. Please go and uh, give it a download. Those guys are – we've been partnered with them to do – some content and stuff this year and I've downloaded the app and I didn't think I would like it, but now I can't live without it and it's free. So um, that's my testimony there on that. David Montgomery looks like he's going to be just a monster down the stretch. I um, he's, he's had two good weeks of good matchups. He has another good matchup this week. I was looking at his schedule moving forward for season long. I, I mean, He's going to be good for a couple of a couple of weeks if he keeps getting this volume with the matchups he has coming. So props to you if he's somebody you've um, managed to get onto your team in season long. But I think he's still cheap. He's probably better on FanDuel this week than he is on uh, DraftKings. If you're looking to get up uh, out of that, you know, out of that tier, he out of that tier we talked about with the uh, with the Duke Johnsons, the Gio Bernards, et cetera. We have the prop in. On David Montgomery, that it's pretty good. I was a little, as a little. I mean, he's only plus, he's plus one hundred five to score. He's he's been a favorite to score in recent weeks, which worries me a little bit. But the Vegas books have him at three and a half receptions and basically ninety total yards, plus one hundred five to score. Uh, he he should you know sixty five hundred on DraftKings. He, he he should be able to get there. And I think on FanDuel, uh, he rates as basically the fourth best value on the whole entire slate because he's only sixty six hundred over there where there's a 60 K salary cap, Allen Robinson, that's going to be interesting. All the bears wide receivers are interesting because if you, if you consider what's going on in the Texans defensive backfield, we have now, um, you know, we know that Bradley Roby got busted with the roids. Um, we had, or presumably the roids, but also we have, you know, and we know that Gary on Con- Connolly was placed on IR with the foot, I don't know, that was like six weeks ago. But Philip Gaines is questionable this week uh, with the knee and the shoulder. Keon Crossan has a foot and he's questionable. So it, it's a it's a banged up uh, it's a banged up Texan secondary. I really like Allen Robinson this week. And then keep it, make sure and keep in mind also Cole Komet. It, uh, over the course of the last few weeks, he's been taking over from a routes run per, from a routes run perspective, from a snap counts perspective, and a targets perspective from Jimmy Graham. 
And it feels like Mitchell Trubisky really, um, really likes that guy. So Cole Komet, he's only 2,900, I think, on DraftKings. And he, he can be in consideration if you're daring enough to fade Travis Kelsey. Okay, Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Minnesota, uh, six and six. Tampa Bay, seven and five here for this one. The total in this game has risen to a 52 and a half pointer. Uh, Tampa Bay, six and a half point favorites. 63% of the tickets are on uh, the over on this game with only 49% of the money. 61% of the tickets are on Tampa Bay, along with 72% of the money. And I was interested in Ronald Jones here in this spot versus Minnesota, just because it feels so hard if you're going to play Tom Brady. Who do you pick to pair him with? Do you pick Mike Evans? Do you pick Antonio Brown? Do you pick Chris Godwin? Uh, Mike Evans, of course, there, he, he'd been questionable uh, early in the week, but he went from limited to practice on Wednesday to out on Thursday, but then back to full on Friday. So, you know, he doesn't have a he doesn't have an injury tag coming into this game with the hamstring. He should be good to go. Chris Godwin, uh, you know, he had the pins put in his what he had pins put in his finger and then he played with them. And then just I think or was it earlier this week or last? I think it was earlier this week. He just got the pins removed with a small procedure. So he was on the injury report for a small while. But every I was looking at um I was listening to Dr. David Chow, and he says it shouldn't be an issue with him at all. It's funny, the um, if you look at the props, uh, based on salary on DraftKings, the props would indicate that Antonio Brown is the best play. Um, Antonio Brown has a five-and-a-half reception, 58.5 yard over-under. He is only 5,500. And in that sort of mid range of uh, wide receivers that I don't think you'll see a lot of cat. I think a lot of cash teams are going to pay down for those running backs. They're going to pay up for Devonte Adams. They're either going to pair him with um, they're going to pair him with Aaron Rodgers, or they're just going to try and get in game correlation, maybe play Matthew Stafford and uh, you know, pair him with pair him with Marvin Jones, especially if we get no goal a day. And uh, that would, what that kind of construction leaves you with is it leaves you, with enough money if you're paying down at tight end to get up to either Adam Thielen or to Terry McLaurin. And so I don't think you're going to see many people in this Antonio Brown 5,500 uh, in cash. And I, I'm not sure he's going to be that popular in tournaments either, just because it's, it's so hard to pick the piece on this Tampa Bay side that you're going to want to go with. The, the Minnesota side is a completely different story entirely. You know that that's Thielen and you know, it's Justin Jefferson. We have, we do need to keep an eye on Kyle Rudolph. If he's on it, or I think he's already said he's not going to go. Uh, is he is he been declared out? Because I know that I know that uh, Irv is still questionable. Irv Smith is still questionable. Let's see. Do we have him out? Um, sorry, I'm having to check here. So he's doubtful. He's doubtful. So he's out. Irv Smith is questionable. If neither of those guys go, it, it could open up Tyler Conklin, who's a roster watch favorite from the Senior Bowl a few years back. Uh, super, super fun player to watch. That dude's a beast and just a, a savage. I would love to play him this week and save a little bit of salary uh, if he is available because uh, Tampa Bay is a team that has done a really good job with um, stopping the run, um, but ne- hasn't necessarily been as tough for opposing tight ends, which is kind of interesting whenever you consider the speed of their linebacking core. But um you know, Tampa Bay is, you know, we know that they have a really good, they have good young players and Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean in the back in the defensive backfield. But on the matchup tool, that thing's been trending towards more of like a top 12 to top 10 matchup for opposing wide receivers. I think that's just because it's just so hard 
for opposing running backs. They're coming off a bye week. Uh, that defensive front will be good and rested up. Um, Dalvin Cook, for, for that matter, is not going to – no one's going to be on Dalvin. So if you want to play in a tournament and go against the green, I, I think that going Dalvin Cook is prob- probably fine. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee here is seven and a half point favorites. This game has a 53 point, or I'm sorry, it's down to a 52 and a half point total from 53 where it, where it sat at open 67% of the tickets are on the Titans along with 76% of the money, 64% of the tickets are on the under 70% of the money is on the under. So a pretty even distribution there of where the public is, as far as where the money is, people think that this game is going to go under and they think that Tennessee is going to win. And of course, just Derrick Henry has a, you know, 108 yard rushing prop. He should absolutely smash here because if you've watched and I last week, I got so frustrated. I know a lot of people who had Derrick Henry probably also got really frustrated with the fact that, you know, when they got down so early to start versus Cleveland, I mean, he kind of got scripted out even after Vrabel had said during the week that we need to look to get Derrick Henry more involved. We can't have Derrick Henry um, go. Well, we can't have Derrick Henry just go extinct because, you know, this game script gets out of whack. He's, he's, he's one of our best weapons. And that's what kind of happened. It's just think in your head, how is this Jacksonville team that is just so beat up? How are they going to, how are they going to, how are they going to, I just don't see how Tennessee's not going to be ahead. And if Tennessee's not ahead, how are they not feeding Derrick Henry? And I know what Cardi said on our Roto Grinders show. He, you know, he said, and Cardi's really good in cash games. And he says you can't play him in cash because he's game flow dependent and because he doesn't catch passes. And I mean, I, I get those things. But here's the other thing: it's like there's nobody in the league that can just break off these 80 yard runs, just like a big fuck, like robot monster machine. Like, I where you get where you get worried about playing Henry though is. Okay, you're paying almost 9K for him on DraftKings. So what does he need to pay that off? If we're just doing the old – and I don't even believe in this old 3X stuff. I think to win a tournament, you need more like 4X from most from most of your positions. But even if 3X, so what do we need, 27 points? So reverse engineer that. We get 100 – let's say we get 120 yards and a touchdown. So we get 12 points plus a three-point bonus. So we're at 15 points. We get a touchdown. We're at 17, we're like 22 points for 120 yards and a touchdown. It's almost like from Derrick Henry, you need one, one, 170 and a touchdown to even get to 3X. You need 170 and two touchdowns to get to 4X. That's a, that, that's a lot. I mean, and Derrick Henry can do it. He, I mean, you could see him go off for 225 and whatever versus Jacksonville. But we were all pretty sure that Derrick Henry – I'm, here I am talking myself off Derrick Henry when I don't, I don't want to. I really think he, uh, you know, if if he's like 50% owned, it's just, I mean, versus Jacksonville the first time, he, he got 25 touches, but that went for 84 yards, 84 scoreless yards and two targets and no catches. He had an, he had an 8.4 point fantasy day. Like, and that was against Jacksonville. Now, granted, they've got, they, they've gotten more banged up, but they've got, I mean, I like Ryan Tannehill in this game too. I love Corey Davis for his price in this game too. I like AJ Brown for his price in this game as well. I I think that the passing game for the Titans is probably every bit as viable as Derrick Henry is given the pricing of these players. And so with that being the case, I'm going to have to just totally hedge 
and say, I'm going to play some lineups with Derrick Henry and those lineups, I'm going to play the passing game and I'm going to play some lineups without Derrick Henry. And in those lineups, I'm going to play the Tennessee Titans passing game. I'm going to stack it. I'm going to bring it back on the other side with DJ Chark, who our model um, really liked this week. Um, somebody who has a lot of peripherals going for him that, um, that is probably going to go underlooked. I was looking at Chris Gimino's ownership projections earlier. He only has uh, DJ Chark at like a, like a 5% ownership clip this week. So I think I'll only be playing him in, in, in spots where I'm, um, where I'm, where I'm stacking that game, but in spots where I'm stacking that game, I think I will be play, playing DJ Char, DJ Char, not in all of them though, because I look, I, I learned a lesson last week about, about stacking. And it was such a bummer that every fucking Darren Waller team that I had, I, I had a jet on the other side and none of these jets got there because Frank Gore got hurt on the second play of the game. Brashad Perriman sucked. And I didn't, and I didn't, I just, I didn't have Crowder in my player pool and I should have. And so basically my Waller lineups had all had snowflakes because I, even though Waller was one of my favorite plays, I decided that I was going to be correlating him in those lineups and not just using him as a one-off. And I, I think looking back, the reason why was because as I was thinking about it, I was saying, well, to be able to get up to his price at 6K, what I need to I, I need to take savings somewhere else. And like the Frank Gores of the world, the Brashad Perrins of the world, these kind of guys afforded me those kinds of savings to where my lineups could look about like they did before, except for paying up with the tight end instead of going to some like dirt ball like Ferkser or something like that. So I'm going I'm to make a note this week that DJ Chark, while he's popping in our models, and while I feel like I'm going to use him as a bring back in these Tennessee Titans stacks that I use or in stacks where I play Derrick Henry or stacks where I play Tannehill and stuff, I need to make a note to myself that I don't always need to correlate these if it's a play that I don't just feel balls to the wall good about. And I'm, even though I like DJ Chark as a play, I don't feel balls to the wall good about him. I think that James Robinson is a play you can probably feel balls to the wall good about because even though when you know he's down, he's an underdog, that guy just continues to keep coming through. Dallas at Cincy, um, we – have a three point Dallas is a three point favorite here, but only a 43 point total. 53% of the tickets are on Dallas along with 53% of the money. 59% of the tickets are on the over along with 45% of the money. So public's on the over. The sharps don't seem to be quite with them. Do you know who's on the over in this game is my boy, chief justice. 06 will Priester. He's all over it. He's playing it from every angle that he can. He's playing a bunch of Andy Dalton. He's playing a bunch of Amari. He's playing a bunch of, um, CD Lamb, a lot of Gallup. Gallup's only 3,800. He's actually showing up with a pretty good prop uh, this week on the Vegas tool. Of course, all these tools that I'm referencing you can find over at rosterwatch.com. Dallas basically is getting the number nine matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number 11 matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number two matchup for opposing tight ends, the number 17 matchup for opposing running backs. We have Ezekiel Elliott, who earlier in the week we'd heard had a calf strain. Closer towards the end of the week, whenever he met with reporters via uh, virtual Zoom availability, he mentioned that it was not a strain, it was a contusion, which um, I then heard Dr. David Chow talk about, saying if it's a contusion, that means nothing structural. That's something he feels a lot better about. We'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, Tony Pollard would come clearly into focus as the best play on the slate if Zeke couldn't go uh, here versus Cincy and and their bad defense. But Zeke is 6,600 as a play on his own, kind of, and nobody's going to be on him. And at some point, don't you know, I mean, I know the offensive line bang, is banged up. I know it's a low total. 
but their favorites, it's still Zeke. He's 6,600. Um, I'm, I'm almost thinking of like, I'm thinking about, I'm, I'm not sure I could play him in cash, but I've thought about it. I, I, I think he's a good play. I think, especially for tournaments, if he's, you know, just if you play a few tournaments, I think getting Zeke into one or two of them is fine. And then, you know, we talked already on the other side about Gio Bernard. He's, you know, I've been skeptical about Gio before whenever he's going against like these Ravens or the Steelers or some of these bad matchups. He said, this, this Cowboys team, the defense is not good. It's the fourth best matchup for opposing runners. I think even little tiny, little puny, a squirmy Giovanni. Hey, it's a, look, it's a Giovanni. When he plays against these shitty teams, I think those are the kind of games where, you know, if we do get four catches out of him and he can squirm around for, you know, 45 yards between the tackles, we can get another 40 yards from him through the air, maybe a touchdown. Um, all of a sudden you feel like all of a sudden, you know, you feel, you, you feel real good for a guy you're getting for, you know, right at, was he right at 5k? Maybe just under 5k. Uh, let me make sure I got that right. Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. Five, five, 5k. So I like that there. I'm, I just, I don't know how much I'm going to – I I mean, they need to tell us if they're going to be playing Finley or Brandon, Brandon Allen or what the deal is. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to stick my toe in any kind of Tyler Boyd bucket or T. Higgins. I know that – I know Dallas sucks. I know everybody's banged up. But um, I mean, Tyler Boyd got there last week on one play. I believe that was his only catch, was the play where he went and got, out, got outside on the wheel – on the little wheel route out of the slot and then just ran it up the sidelines on these idiots. Um yeah, one reception on four targets last week. He got 14.2 DK points. Don't think I'm going back there. Um, but it will be the I, – I think for, by, by Derek Cardi's metrics in the Blitz, it is, it is set to be the fastest-paced game uh, on the slate, and we certainly like that. Arizona at the Giants. Arizona's two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um 46.5-point total, 62% of the tickets are on the Cardinals, along with 67% of the money. 66% of the tickets are on the over, along with 86% of the money. Huh. Public likes the over. Sharps like the over here. They like the over 46.5. You know, they asked Kyler this week, the Arizona Republic. I thought it was the athletic. It was the guy at the Arizona Republic. He's, you know, he's like, why aren't you running? And Kyler's like, if you sit, like, are you watching what's going on with these defenses? They're not – they're they're begging me to they're begging me to hand this football off. Um, the, it isn't the shoulder. My shoulder's fine. So no one's going to be on Kyler because he hasn't been any good since that game where they had the hail the hail Murray. Um, well, not that he hasn't been any good, but he he hasn't been smashing the same way that he was to start the season. But you know, we come into this game, Kenyon Drake's a little bit banged up. We'll see what happens with him. Um, you know. He doesn't have all of his offensive weapons back returned just yet. So I, I don't know. I think that the Giants have been playing well defensively though. And, you know, traveling there, it could, I don't think I'm going to play him, but what I'm trying to do is kind of maybe talk myself into maybe playing him in a tournament where, you know, all these Arizona guys are going to be sub 5% ownership. Uh, It could be, it's not like he's popping on the models or he's an optimal play or anything like that. But, um, I think that there's a lot of sharp people out there in DFS that are just at least trying to talk themselves into the idea of Kyler Murray whenever you can get him at such an ownership discount. And then for the Giants, I mean, if you can you keep rolling out Wayne Gallman? I, I guess you can. I, I think that his prop was – I certainly liked him last week, but I'm not sure the prop this week was anything that 
Yeah, so he has a 56.5 rushing yard, 1.5 reception, 10.5 receiving yard uh, um, line here from the sports books. only plus 120 to score. That's just uh, – at 5,700, I don't think that – that's probably the price range. It's just a little bit higher than I'm looking to pay. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill for these you know super pay down guys where it feels like you can get that same sort of you know where like a median output of like 11 points on dk you feel like you could probably get that elsewhere for seven to nine hundred cheaper um what i'm with daniel jones coming back i'm interested in evan ingram uh who's just so much better of a play whenever daniel jones is there it feels like and evan ingram i believe is only 4200 He's right there in a cluster with a lot of guys who I think will be popular, the Hunter Henrys of the world, the um, the Robert Tunyons of the world, those kinds of guys. So just something to keep in, something to keep in mind there. The Chargers have activated Justin Jackson from IR. He'll be available to play Sunday versus the Falcons. Interesting. So yeah, that's so. If you if you play in season long, maybe you should go run to run to the waivers and pick up Justin Jackson just in case anything swindly happens. That's a he's still a young man. Justin Jackson's only twenty four years old. Kalen uh, Balaj turns to dust. We'll talk to. I guess we'll talk about talk about that game eventually. Um, again, from the Fantasy Life app, I would go and download it. It's free. If you hate it, just you can just erase it. Denver Broncos at Carolina Panthers, a 44-and-a-half-point total here that's dropped from 40. And we're still not getting – why does the total keep dropping? Why do we not get any props? Is it all because of DJ Moore has COVID? I mean, I don't get it. Um, maybe I'm missing something. Is there something else going on? Quarterbacks both seem like – I mean – 66% of tickets are on the under, 78% of the money, 72% of the tickets are on the Panthers, 67% of the money. Matchups, Carolina is facing bad matchups for everybody except the running backs where it's a, it's a top 12 matchup. So Mike Davis comes into play. I can't believe that Denver is showing up as such a bad matchup, even with all the injuries they've had on their defense. So I'm not exactly buying what the matchup tool is selling here with this one, even though the injury stuff has been inputted into it and should be being taken to account of. The Broncos pass defense is swindled right now. Bryce Callahan was recently placed on IR. AJ Bouye was suspended for whatever the same dude. He used to be a Texan. He might be into the same shit that Bradley Roby was. Um, (sighs) Right. So they they have they they have guys that are out and guys that are guys who are who are hurt. Um, if there's no DJ Moore, like I love Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel here in this game. I think Mike Davis is a good play here uh, in this in this game. Um, there is. Some line of thinking that maybe. A week off could have done Mike Davis some 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 good. He was looking like he was really 
kind of huffing and puffing and like he was at his wits end. He like, he wasn't running very well. Maybe he could get that spring in his step back that he got when he first stepped in for Christian McCaffrey and a pretty, pretty decent matchup here. And what should be his last game uh, filling in for him. And what a swindle for McCaffrey that, you know, it's a, what is it? A, a quad or a calf or something now? It's just, goes from it goes from ankle to shoulder to now it's a quad it lost lost season for that guy and on the Denver side I mean I don't even, people just keep talking about Tim Patrick uh I don't care I don't care about that we got some Jags kicker news coming in on the fantasy life app Kansas City Miami um what a game. Kansas City, seven-point favorites here, 15.5-point total. 53% of tickets are on KC. 79% of the money's on KC. 74% of the tickets are on the over. 90% of the money's on the over. Whew. Everyone's on the over. And see, I was uh, – see, Patrick Mahomes could bury me this, this, this week. Tyreek Hill could bury me. Travis Kelsey could bury me. It's almost like you want to make stacks of this team. But the more I think about it, I just, I think about Miami and this worries me. It's the first time I've looked at the betting percentages and I've looked at the, the, you know, the, the, um, per, the percent of handle versus the percent of money. So the sharps are on the over. And my deal was like with Tua on the Miami side, we now know, Okay, there's a lot to think about with the Miami side because we just got the Miles Gaskin news. Savant Ahmed is out. De- is DeAndre Washington going to become a thing? What did what did? Let me look at the snaps tool from last week. Like, what is? Because we we know it won't be Patrick Laird. Is DeAndre Washington going to become a thing? Jesus Christ, man! Come on, snap counts. A serious producer wanted me to check in on stuff for tomorrow morning's show during the middle of this thing. Um, sorry, I mean I'm just I'm having to look something up because this Miles Gaskin shit just came in. Lynn Bowden Jr. played 44% of snaps last week. Patrick Laird played 27% of snaps. Did so was DeAndre Washington even activated? This could be something where I don't know what they're going to do at running back. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll look for news. Um. They did activate. God damn it, dude. I'll fucking email you back in a minute. Who did they activate off of the IR? Okay. That's just something I'm going to, I'm going to need to look, look at. They don't really have that many good options. It would seem like DeAndre, it's DeAndre Washington, but Matt Breida was still on the COVID list. So um, we'll see. Um but with Tua, I just don't like. How, how's the offense going to even go? What's going to what 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 does this Miami offense look like? Like, or is how are we going to get to this fifty-three point total? Is it just Patrick Mahomes putting his foot on the gas and just throwing it and throwing it and throwing it? That's what made me think. It's like, man, you know, this it's a good Miami defense too. It's really good. On like, it's a they they man up on the outsides. People talk about how Tyree Kill. It doesn't even matter because. You know, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are these bigger kind of dudes that, could, you know, that are tough man corners and they can't run with Tyree Kill. And I'm like, well, I, yeah, that's right. Nobody can. No one can run with Tyree Kill. But I mean, fucking Byron Jones was a four three. It's like he can kind of run with him. If there would be a man, you could maybe see some shit where it's like, you know, they all got their backs to Mahomes. Maybe he tucks the ball, runs it a little bit more often than we would normally 
uh, sort of see him do. We know that these guys can blitz. We know that Mahomes is good versus the blitz. But it's like I, I'm just uh, – when we're talking about Mahomes, just is the, uh, the epic smash game, does the epic smash game come in a game where we're talking ourselves into relying on something he could do with his feet because of the man scheme and because of the blitzing? Like I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to play some Mahomes, but um, I can see why there are some people that are good players that are fading him. And this this whole Miles Gaskin thing, just keep following us on Twitter. I'll make sure and tweet out about this when I have better thoughts. I, w- I just don't know. I mean, they can't keep going with Patrick Laird and Lynn Bowden. I think that DeAndre Washington is going to have to kind of be a thing. Um, so oh, revenge. DeAndre Washington, revenge versus the Chiefs. I don't even know if he's going to be active, but I, I mean, I love the idea of it. Okay, so we I mean we, we we talked about the guys. We talked about that. Um, next game here, Indy at Las Vegas. Already the three p.m. games. But Jesus, there's a bunch of these three p.m. games. We'll fire through them. Uh, Indy's three point favorites here. This game has a fifty two point total. Fifty percent of the tickets are on Indy, along with eighty four percent of the money. Seventy percent of the tickets are on the over, along with seventy four percent of the money. So people like Indy here. They like the game to go over here. No Josh Jacobs, it doesn't look like. So Devontae Booker's in about the same spot he was last week. And I just I didn't feel as comfortable with Devontae Booker last week, much more comfortable with David Montgomery. I just the same thing this week. Um Darren Waller's facing our worst matchup of the whole week for opposing tight ends. So I'm not back on him. If I'm paying up, I'm getting to Kelsey, and that's just that. Uh we talked about it earlier, the good outside corners, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones for the Dolphins. And I know nobody can run with Tyreek, but, but those guys can run with – I guess they can't run with, with Hardman either, but those guys can run with Demarcus Robinson. Those guys can run with Sam, Sammy Watkins. Where you can get them is where, you can get them is where in, in the slot where they have Nick Needham lined up. That's, that's where Travis Kelsey's going to be. That's an epic mismatch. Anyway, no Waller for me this week after the 50-point monster last week. No, I don't like the Raiders really here. Um, and I like the Colts. I just, I just, I don't know where the production is going to come. I think if I was going to play one Colt, it would be Jonathan Taylor. And even with Jonathan Taylor, you know, he he got it. He got there last week. But boy, take it from somebody that had him in just a lot of different spots in season long and in and in DFS. It was a, it was a sweat for it was a sweat for him to get there, man. Jordan Wilkins was still in for nineteen percent of the snaps. Naheem Hines was in for thirty three percent of the snaps. Jonathan Taylor got there on less than fifty percent snap clip last week. He got sixteen one thirty five and one. He's I mean he's awesome. This is a great matchup for JT, and he's cheap enough to be in consideration. But that's the only place that I'm going. I'm not interested in any of these other guys. The Jets at the Seahawks. This game has a forty seven point total. The Seahawks are fourteen and a half point favorites. of the tickets are on the Jets, along with 32% of the money. 63% of the tickets are on the under. So is 48% of the money. And this game sets up to me a lot like the game whenever the Jets went to Kansas City. And a lot of people were saying, like, I can't play Mahomes. I can't stack him with these guys because – well, this game's gonna get out of hand. They're just gonna run the ball down their throat. Like, you know, remember we talked that week. We said, well, there's another part of me that says. But it's Patrick Mahomes versus the shittiest deep, uh, the shittiest defense there there is, you know. 
And so you're like, well, play him, right? So maybe we should play Russ and play DK Metcalf and lock it. Like nobody's talking about DK Metcalf at all. I got through my whole fucking show today on Rotor Grinders on the Blitz with Derek Hardy and with Chief Justice 06. And we got through the whole wide receiver section, hitting on basically everybody. I mean, they were talking, we were talking about guys like Braxton Berrios for the Jets. And DK Metcalf didn't even come up. So, you know, he's one of these guys that they're like, people aren't going to have him because look, you have four big guys that you have DK Metcalf at the top. You have Keenan Allen at the top. You have Devontae Adams at the top. You have Tyree Kill at the top. It's all, I mean, if, if I got to put, the, if I got to list those guys in order, one through four, I, maybe I do have DK Metcalf in fourth. And, and I think a lot of people will. For those reasons, he's not going to be owned at all. Chris Carson, Pete Carroll said during the week, this week, that Chris Carson was not quite back to 100% uh, last week. Uh, whenever he returned from, from injury, still, he was used fairly, fairly strong. I mean, if he was out there for 58% of snaps, it was better than Jonathan Taylor. He had six targets. Um, so he had 16 touches for 110 yards and a touchdown. He's saying that he should be even more this week. And with the fact that they do want to run the football and the fact that they feel like that correlates with their defense getting better, which is something that they desperately want, you could see this being a Chris Carson game. So if you're not into Russell Wilson and DK or any of that stuff for um, for tournaments, I think Chris Carson, given his price, is, is, is pretty good. He's right there at the same price level as – I believe he's kind of next to Ezekiel Elliott and stuff. Let's see. Uh, Chris Carson. Yeah, he's right here. With, like, he's one – He's we, no one's going to be on Chris Carson. He's he's a 1,000 cheaper than Austin Eckler, and people are going to be all over Austin Eckler this week. Maybe not with this Justin Jackson stuff. Uh, and then on the Jets side, we just need to keep an eye on Jamison Crowder. We know that Denzel Mims is out. We know it's a great matchup for opposing wide receivers. Frank Gore looks like he'll be out. So Ty Johnson could come into play. I'm not going to go there. Um, in the 4K range, I'm more comfortable with guys like McKissick, guys like Gio Bernard, maybe Duke Johnson. But, I mean, he should certainly probably be in your player pool uh, if he is going to be the primary runner. And um, he's going to be getting those touches again for like 4.2K. And then just with the wide receivers, Brashad Perriman looks like he's going to be a great play. If Crowder doesn't go, Braxton Berrios is – Stone minimum, the very minimum cost. And um, whenever Donald's been in and Crowder's been out, Braxton Berrios, like we, we've talked about it before, what, where the targets have been funneled uh, in the slot with, um, with Crowder. So Braxton Berrios probably becomes, a, if Crowder's out, that probably kind of becomes a pretty good play on, on DraftKings mainly, yeah, I mean, he, and I think he's only 4,800 over on FanDuel. So this is a week where we need some savings to get up to the, like we said, those FOMO guys. I mean, we have fear we have fear of missing out this week, at least I do. And I'm looking for some savings. I think Barrios, if there's no Crowder, is interesting there. I just, I don't know if we're going to have that information coming into lock. And I can't, are there any good swap options here? May, um, maybe you could just leave yourself the extra 900. Because no, you don't want to do that to swap to Perriman. I don't know. Maybe you could look at one of these. Um, one of these. Uh, is there Indy? There's not an Indy swap. I don't think there's a Green Bay swap. Maybe is there a Marquez Valdez Scantling swap? If Crowder goes, maybe, um, maybe a Quintez Cephas or something like that in the in the Detroit uh, Green Bay game. Jalen Guyton or something similar. Or no, in the Atlanta game, since we have no Julio Jones, maybe a swap to a Brandon Powell or a Christian Blake. 
those are just some ideas. If you put in Barrios and it turns out Crowder does go, those are some swap options for you uh, for late swap to the second half of the, of, of the main slate. All right. Um, Green Bay at Detroit. Detroit's half uh, eight point favorites. Or I'm sorry. Green Bay's eight point favorites. 54.5 is the over under 51% of the tickets are on Green Bay along with 52% of the money. 67% of the tickets are on the over along with 79% of the money. This is the game, man, as far as I'm concerned. I love it. Um, I think that Devontae Adams is just a lock for double-digit catches. They probably don't even have a prop for him this week because he probably just broke the props machine. <laughs> Whatever that thing spits out, those props. They get down to the goal line, and they're not even trying to hand it to Aaron Jones anymore. I don't know if it's Aaron Rodgers trying to you know break some kind of records or trying to win the MVP or you know what he's – what he's doing, man, down there at the goal line, but he just he, he he fires that thing in there to Devontae Adams. It's like an extension of the run from like the two yard line. It's, it's what's wild, and just there's so much volume up and down the field. Um, these are great matchups across the board via the matchup tool um, for the for the Packers. It's the number six matchup for opposing quarterbacks, the number one matchup for opposing running backs, number four matchup for opposing wide receivers, the number twelve matchup for opposing tight ends. So. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon. I mean, those are obviously my four preferred options. And if you wanted to be to go, you know, be crazy, Aaron Jones isn't going to be very owned at all just because people are going to be so into playing Devontae Adams. And they're going to look back at last week and say that, well, you know, he had a 70-yard run that saved his bacon and stuff. Um, so Aaron Jones is clearly a great, you know, great tournament play. I mean, just a natural, obvious leverage play. Um, and then for Detroit, you know, it looks like we're not going to have Kenny Galladay. So right back to, you know, TJ Hawkinson, um, is somebody we'll probably have our focus on. Although Green Bay has been a tough matchup for opposing tight ends. It's, it's actually been a kind of tough matchup for wide receivers and quarterbacks too. Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay is not a terrible defense where they've been able to get beat is by the run. You just worry with DeAndre Swift coming back, still questionable. The staff talking about maybe limiting him a little bit and the fact that he's up in that 6K range. I think he's fine to play in season-long leagues, but I don't think I'm going to be paying up for him in DFS and anything except the most wild, you know, mass multi-entry tournament, which I don't even, I don't even do. You know, I hand build as many tournament lineups as I can and move on with life after I get my cash lineup in and, um, I just can't see myself, you know, clicking on DeAndre Swift's name given the the players that he has around him and the questions about his usage. But the the, the matchup there does look good. The fact is, um, from what Cardi said earlier, the Devontae Adams projection from the Blitz is the best projection the Bl- the Blitz is the third best projection projection the Blitz has ever had on a wide receiver this week and. He's been doing this thing for like four years. So just something to keep in mind. Um, okay, the Falcons at the Chargers. The Falcons are one-and-a-half-point favorites, That's, which is odd to me. Um, 49 is the total here. 60% of the tickets are on the over. 86% of the money on the over. So sharp money on the over. 54% of the tickets are on the Chargers. Only 48% of the money. I love playing Herbert. I love playing um, – I love playing Keenan Allen – I love playing Hunter Henry here. 
this matchup for the Chargers is the number three matchup for opposing tight ends, number three matchup for opposing wide receivers, it's the number five matchup for, for opposing quarterbacks, but clearly a pass funnel situation is the number 29, so the fourth worst matchup for opposing runners. We've talked about on, on here a million times before exactly what the reason is why Atlanta is so tough against runners. It has to do with the way Raheem Morris coaches. It has to do with the personnel that um, that Atlanta has on, the, on in their defensive front. It has to do with the fact that it's just so easy to pass on Atlanta and why fucking run on them. But you gotta you 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 gotta figure that um, Justin Herbert, after he's taken that absolute beating last week, is going to be airing it out to Keenan Allen and, and and really really exposing these guys in that sort of. I know it's not under Dan Quinn anymore, but the defense still operates in the same way. It's a bend but don't break zone defense. Um, that's where we like Keenan Allen. So it's a great spot for him. I'm having trouble fitting both him. And I can't fit in. It's really hard to fit in Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen. It's a FOMO week, man. You're going to have fear missing out with a lot of these, a lot of these lineups. And I think it, it you know, at some point you just have to, you just have to em, em, embrace that. Um, and Anthony Lynn's the worst head coach either ever. So who knows you know, what's going to happen here. Maybe that's why the Falcons are favored, but you know, they don't, I, I'm not going to pay up for Eckler. I'm not going to do it. Now, now we got the Justin Jackson news. Um, not going to. I'm not going to do it. I think a lot of sharp people are on it, though. So I should. I should mention that. You know, look at projections. If you look at projections, you'll see that Eckler projects well. I mean, he's gotten a shitload of targets these last couple of weeks. Um, you just wonder: is that really the offense that they want to be running? Are they? Are they really going to lose forty-five to zero every week? It'd be a negative game script where they got to throw, throw, throw. It's been two weeks of pretty negative game scripts and sort of shitty, shitty coaching. You know, so Justin Jackson coming back, price is 7K. It's an awkward price range. I don't think I'm going to be paying up for for, for him. Um, I'm certainly not paying. I'm certainly not going to play Todd Gurley. He does have a, he is minus 135 to score this week. No Julio Jones. So, you know, Russell Gage comes into play. I think that the main thing we talk about here is what's up with you know, Calvin Ridley. Hayden Hurst has a really good prop. Um, and the Los Angeles Chargers are, you know, they need to get Derwin James back because when whenever they don't have him, they're just so bad versus opposing tight ends. This is our number eight matchup for opposing tight ends this week. No Julio Jones. Uh, you look at uh, Hayden Hurts' splits with and without Julio Jones. It's significant enough to where the model really did recognize that and pushed him up. I saw the prop come in as an as uh, Hayden Hurst is the second best value on uh, DraftKings this week via the Vegas tool. So I think Hayden Hurst is a good play down in that um so is he just is he just sub 4k or is he just over 4k 3700 so good way to get exposure to good 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 way to get exposure to that game that feels like everybody's picking the over in it um yeah 86 percent of tickets are on the over man sharp money's on the over in that game and it's it's a 49 point total so you like that and then i think with the auxiliary guys brandon powell christian blake uh, I think, I think, Olamide Zacchaeus is actually yeah, he got put on IR. So we have Brandon Powell who could be in play as sort of the tertiary wide receiver target, or it could be Christian Blake. And those are guys like I talked about earlier. I would just have in my back pocket in case I wanted to get on Barrios in hopes that Crowder was going to be out for the Seattle game at men's salary. Those are two options that you could not have to save yourself a bunch of money 
to be able to pivot off of and get onto another play that was at least you to where you weren't drawing dead. Whereas it, if, if Crowder's playing Barrios, it won't get on the field and you'll be drawing practically dead. Those guys should probably see, you know, at minimum, you know, 35 to maybe up to 60% snap participation for each of them in a pretty good matchup. Okay. Washington at the 49ers, 43 and a half is the total. Uh, San Francisco is a three point favorite here. 51% of the tickets are on the over 27% of the money is on the over. So sharps think this thing goes under 43 and a half, which should get, get kind of be the first signal to you pretty much avoid anybody you can in this game. Um, 54% of the tickets are on San Francisco, only 53% of the money. So a slight majority like San Francisco, a slight majority of the money on San Francisco. The only play in this game that I'm there, well, there are two plays. We always have to consider playing Terry McLaurin, but with Adam Thielen being virtually the same price as McLaurin, it kind of takes him out of play for me. I know our model likes McLaurin. It's always going to like him. He's on the cheat sheets. By the way, I need to get Gaskin off the cheat sheets. Whenever I get off, I need to make that note, Gaskin. Um, it's JD McKissick and I'm going to be playing him in my cash lineup. I know I will because we, we keep talking about these, the Duke Johnson, Gio Bernard, JD McKissick kind of trio right there at 5k or sub 5k that we can use for cash games. And McKissick with no Antonio Gibson, it's just, you know, he's going to get the receptions. He's going to get the touches. He ranks out as the best value on the Vegas tool for both DraftKings and for FanDuel. And that's my only interest in this whole game. All right, finally, New Orleans at Philly. This is good. We're going out with a real fucking thud here, ladies and gentlemen. New Orleans is seven and a half point favorites. Uh, Philly uh, here, uh, the total is falling from 44 to 42 and a half. 68% of the tickets are on the Saints, along with 85% of the money. 50% of the tickets on the under, 85% of the money is on the under. Jalen Hurts season? (laughs) We'll see. I don't. I don't, I'm not playing this game. Like whenever it's funny, whenever I did this game for the Vegas tool, it literally had like, I'm not even sure it had one player that, that projected a value of over two X. And that's just what you get whenever the, whenever the receiving options for the, for the, for the Eagles have Jalen hurts at quarterback and there are two tight ends of consequence in Ertz and Goddard. And there's there's Travis Fulgham and there's Jalen Rager. And now they're putting in Greg Ward, now Sean Jeffrey and all this stuff. And Miles Sanders is, you know, they won't even use him anyway. And he's going up against the, the toughest run defense in the National Football League and the, and the worst matchup on the whole matchup tool. And could you play Jalen Hurts by himself and hope he has a blow-up game? Yeah, maybe you could. But the fact of the matter is if he has a blow-up game, what you're depending on is you're depending on him rushing for a few touchdowns and managing to, you know, de- defy all odds with a, with a heroic kind of game versus a defense that's actually really coming on, that's getting healthy in the saints. And I just, I don't see it. And I also don't see it being this high flying situation where on the other side, Taysom Hill is just kind of doing this thing where he doesn't even throw the ball to Alvin Kamara. The offense isn't anywhere near as explosive. I'm not sure this is the kind of environment where I'm interested in investing resources in a, in a, in a game like Daily Fantasy, where I have the whole player pool available to me.
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.